0: Hello, Small Council listeners. This is Brett, and I am here with Mr. Craig Gruenhagen, who is the champion of the day one of the U.S. Nationals Tournament. Uh, say hi, Craig. Well, hello. We are here. We lost our special guest. I was going to have John Cash from my from my local club. Um, he was an OG, a Song of Ice and Fire player, Uh, He started the game immediately when the Kickstarter came out. He was a Bolton player, and a very, very good one by all accounts. Um, He went to Adepticon in 2019 and made it pretty far with Boltons, and they basically the same situation that they're in now. It's it's not that they're bad. They're just very difficult to pilot, Um, a little bit unforgiving, but he managed them really well, and uh, he was really fun to play against. He stepped out of the game for a while, and then he just recently got back into it because he's so hyped to play Targaryens. Unfortunately, he had a work call, so it's just going to be me and Craig sitting here chewing your ear off about Targaryens. (laughs) So um, without further ado, Craig, the topic today is Targaryens. I think um, in lieu of doing like a faction overview where we cover all the NCUs and all the units and and all of that type of stuff. I think we just really want to highlight some of their key strengths, what their play styles are, um, what you need to do if you're starting out or starting out in the game or starting out with Targaryens, what you need to know about the army to get the most out of them. And then you and I will cover some of the lists that we're running. Um, I know your Call Drogo list has not deviated um, since the 2021 update. You've run the exact same thing. Um, I have run the exact same Drogo list since Blood Riders came out, and I've tinkered around with my Grey Worm list a little bit, but I'm curious to hear about your list number two, and then we'll talk about what things Targaryens fear and why Targaryens are surprisingly a control army. And by a control army, I don't necessarily just mean they shut things off like Lannisters do. Um, they have a lot of elements that make them very, very heavy control. And, of course, they're fast and hyper-aggressive. So uh, let's start off with you. If you want to go over what your call Drogo list is, a general idea of how you play it, what are its strengths, what are its weaknesses, and, um, yeah, just kind of give us an overview of of how it's done for you.
1: Uh,
2: Absolutely. So um, it's really the first list I ran in uh, the 2021 update. Um, it is Caldrogo and Flayedmen, um, one unit of Screamers, two units of Outriders, and a unit of Hrakars. In addition to that, it has Selmi and Illyrio. Now, the way I use it is uh, I'm hyper-aggressive. So you mentioned control. And one way I control with this list, well, there's there's actually two ways, but we'll start with on the table, is speed. Speed kills. So what I'm able to do is I am able to control the table just by being able to be anywhere I want to be at once. Um, I have a motto when I play this list, and that is make them spin. And what I mean by that is if I am moving all around the table, I am forcing you to turn your little infantry trays in different directions away from where they want to be so that you're not getting hit in the flank with this unit, but then you're getting hit in the flank with that unit, and what I'm trying to do is I cannot hold objectives. I have two ranks. So in scenarios that require ranks to hold objectives, I lose. So my goal is not to play the scenario. My goal is to make sure that you do not play the scenario. And in that, I have been able to be quite effective. So I judge my success in the game on what side of the table the game is happening on. If I am reaching all the way across to your side of the table to make my moves, I'm probably winning. That means I'm playing on your half of the table, I am dictating the flow of the game because of that, and keeping pressure on you, keeping you away from the objectives. However, if I'm playing on my side of the table, it means that you have the objectives, which is never a good thing. I prefer that nobody has any objectives. I'm just coming to kill
1: you.
2: so what I'll do, and lately I've been toying with two screamers as opposed to two outriders, but we'll skip with the two, we'll stick with the two outrider list for now. I deploy the same way every game. Um it makes it simple for me. I don't have to really think about it. It's all automatic. On each flank is an outrider unit. And what that does is on scenarios where there are uh, two objectives on the outside like Feast for Crows or scenarios like Dance with Dragons in which there are three across the middle, it means usually that one of those outrider units is going to end up on an objective and hold it because you're going to be focused elsewhere. Um, which one it is doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I'll pick either one. Um, otherwise... I'll sit back with the Outriders on the flank, let you take those objectives and tie it like in uh, Dance with Dragons. I'll let you pick it up, your speed goes down to two, and then I'll shoot the heck out of you, and then I'll hit you with the Screamers, I'll hit you with Drogo, you know, etc. Um, Whichever Outrider that doesn't end up on the unoccupied objective oftentimes will end up charging. Yes, yes, you don't want to charge with Outriders, I understand that. But what it does is it plugs up the game. And you're probably thinking, well, why don't you use Screamers for that? They work better. You're right, they do work better. But if I have one Outrider and one Screamer on the flank, at that point, I'm tied into using the Screamer as the charging unit. However, if they're both Outriders, I can swap either or. It gives me more less firepower, but more flexibility. Um the Harakars. Something else is going to be a little crazy. I am actually not against outflank. I know a lot of people are. I know they say it's a trap. I won't use it every game. I won't use it into heavy cavalry lists. I will never use it against Targaryens. Field control. But, what I will use it against, Night's Watch. Bow list. If you take Selmy, put him on the horse, drop Harakars behind the... Uh, Um, behind the crossbows put Selmy on the crossbows they can no longer use the the horse to turn and face you so they have to use their activation because Selmy shuts down the captain so you take away their their order you force them to turn and face you and now their rear is to the rest of your army profit if they don't turn and face you well then the hackers are going to charge them so it, I use it for things like that. I also use the Harakars in scenarios in which if you fail the panic test, you drop the token. So end around, I'll charge in with them or you drop the token, things like that. Um, however, the main firepower of the list is Drogo. Drogo's Enflavement, instead of Blood Riders for one reason and one reason only, they hit a lot harder. Um, I like the Blood Riders. They're an amazing unit. They're incredibly defensive, as everyone knows. Uh, war Cry is amazing. But that panic test at negative three plus one wounds, that is almost always guaranteed, plus the spike damage from critical blow, is so hard to ignore. Um, at U.S. Nationals, I had the perfect perfect tactics deckhand, hand in which I believe I had two overruns and assault orders, and in round one of that game, I killed two and a half units with Drogo alone. Um, charged assault orders, overrun, overrun, and the game was over round one. so that's kind of how I use it. I use it um, Drogo is the main offense in, in that list, even if he's tied up in combat, the panic tests that he forces. Um, he's he's still spiking damage through that I keep, feel like I can't get with the blood wreckers And then for okay. the uh, for for the last control part, I mentioned two ports control uh, the tactics port. So my NC, I'm only running two NCU's, Selmy and Illyrio. Selmy, um, Selmy, he's kind of obvious put them on a unit, cancel their ability or tactics card. So that's one form of control. The other form is actually Lirio. So because I only have two, I know that there's going to be zones that you want for your tactics cards. Well, since he swaps zones, I can simply put him on your zone and get the healing that I'm probably going to need because I only have five up saves. Um, In addition to that, I'm handing out weakened tokens to you from him. So that also gives me some control on the board. It gives me some control on the battlefield, the weekend tokens. So in some ways, even with two NCUs, I'm still controlling the board enough that I don't get overwhelmed by three. And back to you, Brett. Okay.
0: So I'll go over my list, the current list that I'm running. It's a Drogo list as well. Big surprise. Um, you and I had a lo- have a lot of similarities, but we do vary by a little bit. Uh, the way I run Drogo, I run him in Blood Riders. Um, as you mentioned, Warcry is phenomenal. I cannot disagree with what you're saying about the Flayed men doing more raw damage output, but in a meta that is so focused on Panic, I like the extra plus one morale. I like the War Cry, but for me it's fueled by Slaughter. So with Caldrogo and a unit of Blood Riders, you can almost, now almost because they're not invincible, but you can almost play them so recklessly because they self-heal so much. You've got the combat zone. You've got to do Fuel by Slaughter, which is always healing you one unless you roll for Expert Duelist and fail. So it's a minimum of one heal every time you attack. Generally, it's going to be two to three. Uh, If you kill a unit... As written, I know there's been a little bit of debate about it, but as written, it seems like if you wipe a a tray of infantry, you heal four. So, fueled by slaughters, keeping them alive. Um, They are my anvil in this army, but they're also a hammer. They are a unit that's pretty threatening because of expert duelist, and they really don't mind being charged um, because they're going to bring you in and they're going to grind you to bits. There are very few things that Blood Riders fear. Um, eventually, against, like, Lannister flayed men, they'll fail a panic or two. Uh, they'll take some wounds from it. If you've got the the uh, resources to attack them over and over again, you can probably bring them down. But it's going to take a lot of attacks that aren't answered back by Drogo. Um, you could get lucky, subjugate him on his activation, take away Fueled by Slaughter. Uh, Tywin into you is... Terrible for my list, but we'll get to that momentarily. I start with Drogo and Blood Riders. From there, I have a unit of Screamers. Uh, they're just fast. I think Dothraki are a little bit underrated overall. I feel like Screamers are 6.5 points. Outriders are 6.5 points. And Veterans, I think they're fair. I think they're fair at 8, but Blood Riders feel more like a 9. So I'm all in with the Dothraki here. I run a unit of Screamers because... I like the vulnerable token and I like the the pure offense. I like them as a finisher. I like them as a flanker. They're definitely not a unit that I want to just throw into the fray. Uh, they will die very, very quickly. Uh, my next unit is a unit of outriders. Uh, I think outriders are right there with the current night's watch crossbows with watch captain. Uh, they are right there with them as far as how good they are as a ranged unit. Um, they do a lot of things that crossbows can't do. Crossbows can put out more raw damage, sure. They have Sundering. They can end up hitting on a 2+. plus. They get re-rolls in short range. The Watch Captain's giving them 7 dice. Opal can give them 8. Yes, they do more raw damage output. What crossbows can't do is boot, scoot, and boogie 18 inches away, turn around to face your rear, and then use assault orders or the start of the next turn to shoot you in the rear. Crossbows can't do that. Uh, If they waste their Relentless and their activation, they can march 15. Now, I suppose hypothetically, if you put Watcher on the wall on them, they could do that, but you're wasting two activations where it only takes the Outriders one. So what I love about the Outriders is they're they're essentially a shooting unit. You are right. In some cases, it's fine to charge them. It's fine to use them to charge blocks so that they take a charge. They're misleadingly defensive with 5 plus 5 plus. But they're primarily a shooting unit, but they're a shooting unit that, A, doesn't get left out of the battle. A lot of times if you have put your Stormcrow archers on a flank or if your opponent has deployed all on one flank away from wherever your Stormcrow archers are, they can be removed from the battle. Same can be said for crossbows without a watch captain. Outriders are never out of the fight. They can maneuver right back into it, and as I mentioned, they can easily get behind you, and they play great secret missions because they can get to your deployment zone and still affect the battle. So Outriders are phenomenal. It's almost criminal to build a Targaryen list without them. Next, I run Jorah Solo. Uh, Little Jorah, as I call him. Um, I love Little Jorah. He is very difficult to pin down and kill if you play him right. His scout order is absolutely amazing, and... He is the perfect, perfect battery for Ride-By-Attack. A lot of people complain about dr- Ride-By-Attack. Targaryen um, players, they feel it's a wasted card. It's a dead card. Why would I activate to do two, three, four wounds when I can just attack, cause a panic test, probably do the same amount of wounds, maybe more. Um, and furthermore, it's hard to get that card to trigger and be able to land an inch away. It's not a problem for Little Jorah. <laughs> little Jorah is a machine with ride-by attack. He's perfect for going right through a unit of infantry and taking four wounds off of them, softening them up for your screamers, your outriders, and my final unit, which is a unit of veterans. Now, the veterans go hand-in-hand with Jorah in my list. Veterans have disgusting offensive potential, but they're a little bit limited by the four-plus to hit with their ranged attack. So little Jorah comes in. He scouts that enemy for the whole turn, that means if I maneuver, shift, shoot, and then shift, shoot again, I can potentially get one in the front, one in the flank, or one in the flank, two in the rear because of all that shifting. Um, it's a six-inch maneuver than a four-inch shift, and it's two shots. You get re-rolls and precision with both. Uh, the veterans are absolutely capable in one turn of wiping out units of poor fellows, freefolk raiders, freefolk trappers, really anything that's a 5-plus or worse defense, 7-plus or worse morale, they are ripe for being one-turned by veterans. Uh, I love veterans. They're phenomenal. They are super squishy, but they are such a phenomenal unit. And in my list, I've got Drogo is potentially the hero, depending on the circumstances and how I play him. But more often than not, it's the veterans that are doing all of the killing for me. Why? Because I can tank you with Drogo. Drogo can take two units at a time. It's fine. He'll be fine. At that point, I can snake the veterans around, play a little bit patiently, wait for the next turn, and then do a uh, move-shoot-charge or a move-shoot-shoot shoot, and do tons of damage because of Jorah. Uh, then I have it backed up by Varus and Felmy, of course. Um, I personally... Almost refused to run Targaryens without Selmy. He's so good. And especially in this meta, this current meta, for me, he's just too good to leave behind. He shuts off so many things that, that armies absolutely depend on. He shuts off Relentless. He can shut off shield Shieldwall. He can, what is dead may never die. He can stop um, the There's Too Many card. He can stop Hear Me Roar. He can stop Tywin NCU. He can stop Tycho. All of these things are huge in this meta, and he can block all of them. Uh, So, yeah, he's the winner for me. Um, And then personally, I run Tycho. I used to run Illyrio. I run Tycho essentially for one reason, Tywin NCU. Tywin NCU is really gaining some traction in the meta. Um, I liked him when he came out. I ran him in my three sales. I didn't do super well with him. But I'm back to being very, very much in love with Tywin NCU. With Tywin NCU, he can do the four hits with the vulnerable token on say the screamers, the veterans, whatever, it doesn't matter. Probably getting four wounds through with that four plus with that five plus save. Maybe three if you roll really, really well. But I think you can count on three to four three to four wounds and then at that point, Knights castle rock, Slade uh Red close with Gregor. Any number of units can come in and and take that unit out, and then it's a one turn. I have Tycho because if they pop Tywin, and if I play Tywin into you, I'm desperately trying to keep Berist and Selmy on Jorah, just to keep Jorah alive. If they target Jorah for the four hits, hey, Tywin's ability's canceled. Great. Um, I can't do much about the hits with Tycho on little Jorah. But if they go for my veterans or one of my other units that I really need, they can resolve their hits, their panic tests, and all of that, and then I can burst heal with Tycho, put them back up. Now they've got to take out 12 wounds. It's very unlikely. So that's why I'm running Tycho. Um, that said, it's essentially how the list functions. I have a tendency to take Drogo and put him right across from your commander because I have five combat drops. Most people are doing four to five combat drops, very rarely six. So at the very least, we're probably dropping our commander on the same turn, and I pretty well know where your commander's going. Drogo's going right across from him. I'm marching him straight up the field. Um, I have two NCUs, so I don't care about playing the tactic board round one. I'm doing one of two things. I'm putting him up there across from your commander to fake you out and make you charge Drogo and start that blender, or You don't buy it, and I have assault orders in hand, and I charge your commander anyway. Either way, it's a win-win for me. I've either faked you, made you charge me, which is what I want. I want you tied up so that my outriders can shoot you, my veterans can get beside you, shoot the crap out of you, charge you. Or I'm just charging you, and maybe I kill your commander in round one. Again, win-win. And then the rest of the Dothraki are just a supporting cast. Um, They're firing into Drogo's combat. He doesn't care. Um, if I get Blood of the Dragon on Drogo, it could be time for Jorah to die. Just to get Drogo those eight attack dice and the negative two for failing panic, super, super nice. Uh, if little has done his work and got me a kill with the veterans or he's helped me get into a strong position, it's fine if he dies. It's fine if he dies and makes Drogo better. Um, that said, that's the general premise of the Drogo list. I'm controlling you with my speed. I'm controlling you at deployment because I have five drops as well. And then on the tactics board, I'm basically never taking the maneuver zone because I always want you to think that I have field control. And if I'm playing Lannisters or Courtney Penrose or Queen of Marine, and you counterplot field control, I'm so happy that you counterplotted field control instead of Assault Orders or... Um, Fire and Blood, or one of my better cards, Swift Reposition, I would way rather that you counterplot Field Control than one of those cards.
2: And that's another good point, too, when talking about Control and two NCUs versus three NCUs, is that um, we're going to have more points on the board. We don't care if you take the horse, but most importantly, with Drogo... Apart from the horse, none of your tactics cards or units require you to have a zone to get the full effect uh, There's one, maybe two tactics cards that want the horse, but they work just fine without it um, so mm-hmm. absolutely uh you 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 have a freedom that no other faction has. Everyone else needs the sword or the crown or this or that, and they have to take those zones where we can take those zones block those zones and not care because we don't need anything
0: yeah you have more you have a little bit more liberty with um illyrio being able to replace the crown occasionally if my opponent goes first he goes to swords i go to bags he goes to letters now i have crown or horse
1: uh it
0: depends situationally if i've got assault orders sure i'll go to the crown um Maybe the horse, depending on if I have field control, but again, I like to make you believe that I have field control. I love to make you believe that I have field control. The exception is if I play free folk, if I play free folk, um, yeah, screw you, I'm going to the horse um, you <laughs> i'm going to do everything I can to stop endless horde and if if i <laughs> this is this is a point where I will say that you have some validity as playing in person is a little bit better than tts if we're playing in person and you're a free folk player and i see you with your three cards and i see you looking down at them and i take the horse and then when you're at the end of the round and i see you really debating on if you're going to dump this card it's like yeah they probably have endless horde so if i can make you hold on to endless horde in round one i take the horse you can't play it round two i field control you round three i take the horse if you've held on to field if you've held on to endless horde since round one and it's now going into round four and you are visibly agitated and now you're wondering if i have the other field control and i'm screwing your raiders off for four rounds and you're one card down from your deck uh that's winning um free folk are a lot more powerful than a lot of people think they're a very good army they're very scary um if I can keep you from bringing that unit of Raiders on, I like my chances to table you. If you if you get a unit of Raiders early, round one, you get a unit of Raiders in round two, um, it's exponentially more powerful. You're probably playing the objectives way better than me. It's going to be pretty hard for me to table you. I might lose the game. Um, thus far, with that Drogo list, I'm 2-0 and o against Free Folk. One tabling and one... Uh, was just a battering and Clash clash for Kings because Drogo gets a victory point for killing raiders. Uh, win-win. Um, so that's, that's the premise of that. Um, so I said next we'll go into just how the Targaryens control. Um, and I think we've alluded to some of the ways that they control, but I think until you've played against a targaryen army or as a targaryen army i don't think you really understand just how much they can dominate the entire battlefield because they can essentially be wherever they want they're effectively always a 13 inch threat for a charge if you have um fire and blood you're comfortable making a 15 inch charge a 16 inch charge uh the 17 and 18 just a little uncomfortable you don't really want to do that but I'm pretty happy with it. With swift reposition, I am that increases my charge range by two inches. Um, they are scary. And you sometimes you kind of don't have a choice. You have to come forward and play the objective. But they are capable of flipping the entire field. Like I started with an even deployment, and now all of a sudden going into round two, you've committed your infantry and stuff over this way and you're the rest of your army over this way. And I can take my whole entire army and shift it all over to one side and start 3 on one in your units, picking them apart one by one and then lapping around your army. And I firmly believe if I'm the Targaryen player and I have five units alive on the field still and you're down to three, sometimes four depending on the quality of those four units, you've, you've lost the game. And I'm sorry, I don't want to sound pretentious, but you've mm-hmm. lost the game. You don't, you've lost. I am now going to be three-on-one, four-on-one, however I want. I can take the liberty of scouting with Jorah wherever I want. Um, I can shoot you with my outriders. I can shoot you with my veterans. I don't have to engage you. Drogo can engage you. My screamers can do whatever they want. It gets pretty scary. And that's, that's a lot of control by way of board pressure and board control. And then, of course, you have Selmy, who's just flat out, no hard control. And field control is potentially the, besides counterplot, it's probably the most controlling card in the entire game. So what, what are your thoughts? What other ways do Targaryens control?
2: Well, you're, you're 100% right in everything you said. Um, something I like to do is, first round, I essentially kind of throw the round away. Um, I use it to get tactics cards, things like that, but I just creep forward a little bit and wait to see what you're going to do, and then I go elsewhere in round two. Um, Round one is more just, uh, let's see where my opponent's going, and then at that point, okay, well, you're there, so I'll just mosey on over here and do what you said. Start tag teaming and have the game over by round three, round four. Maybe not in points, but in all practicality. Um, you mentioned... Uh, well, you, you run Jorah. You like Jorah. In place of Jorah, I run Harakars. And they're a control unit as well with outflank. So, you know, I've heard arguments to outflank. It is a trap in that if you can't... You're playing down an activation. If you can't get the unit out, that's also an issue. Um, however, I have had games in which... You know, I saved the Hrakars to deploy last, and my opponent, looking at his list, and he doesn't have any cavalry or any real answer to outflank, um, he's deploying in such a way to prevent me from getting his, to his commander, so I have now, before the game has even started, dictated how the game's going to go just by dictating his deployment. And then, at that point, I don't even have to put him in outflank. The damage is already done. Um, Something else I've seen with outflank is a lot of armies run one one cavalry unit, maybe two. And, well, that's their answer to outflank. So they'll hold it back. If I deploy the rockars, they'll turn and kill them. That's a fact. However, that cavalry unit, seven, eight points, I have officially taken seven or eight points out of the fight, waiting for a five-point unit that may or may not ever come. Or I can just deploy it on my own table edge, away from the cavalry. You know, any number of things. But at that point, I am once again dictating your actions. Um, that's not to say I always use outflank because there are severe disadvantages to it as well. But that's another form of control. So it, so when it comes to those two, grand, there's a two point difference between Jorah and that. I always feel like I'm also babysitting Jorah a little bit. Uh, maybe I haven't quite mastered his use. Uh, his ability is amazing, as you said. But I always feel like I'm one bad dice roll on a panic test away from giving up a free, free victory point in an activation. So that's kind of why I shy away from him. Um, other forms of control. Pikeman. Um, Except for charge. That in itself is control. Do I want to charge them. Do I not? You, you know, things like that. So even um, dragons, as you stated, you know, as a Targaryen player, you can be anywhere at any time. Dragons are the ultimate. They ignore units when they're moving as long as they don't end on it. They ignore terrain when they're moving. Um, so they, <laughs> and small base, it's anywhere. Almost. Um, and then, then just the head games. Um, oh, no, I don't want to take this shot from a dragon. I don't want to get flanked here. You know, So the way to control Targaryens is just playing head games. Get them spinning. Get them scared of being flanked. Um, you don't always have to control the game. You don't have to control tactics cards. You don't have to control a units' abilities to have control if you can control your opponent's thoughts which the Targaryens do in spades. I, I actually
0: totally agree with you about the Harakars. Now, I debated basically just running your list but swapping out the Blood Riders and maybe keeping Tycho instead of Illyrio. I personally really like the veterans. They're, they're a challenging unit to play. They're one of those units. I think some people will field them. They'll get blown apart, which they can. Something like Jon Snow Ranger Hunters is going to absolutely eat their lunch. But they can either be devastating and be the MVP, or they just, poof, one played <laughs> in charge and they're gone. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I like them. Personally, really like them. They're fun. They're challenging. Um they require some finesse, but they are absolutely devastating. Um, but as far as Harakars go, I agree with you. If you it goes back for me to the old 1.6 when you had uh, the Yarl for Free Folk that would deploy a unit of Trappers behind your lines where you had Dire wolves. Or if you were unfortunate enough to not be playing Starks, uh, they're dropping styre when they deploy and they're not activated, so they're shooting you with the sword. You're taking D3 wounds. We won't even go into that monstrosity that existed. <laughs> but it takes me back to that time, because if you played Free Folk and they had the Yarl, you had to deploy in a way where at least you could see them. You had to try to keep them from getting in your flank and behind you to where you couldn't see them to charge them or to keep them from shooting you in the flank or rear. Um if they see Harakars and they're afraid of outflank and they deploy in such a way,
2: you're absolutely
0: right. You've dictated part of the deployment. You've already made them change potentially what they want to do. And, yeah, it's really good. Um, even if you don't actually deploy them. I think Harakars in general are good. Are they more subject to one, being one hit? Yeah. I mean, with a vulnerable token, they can die. They can die to an arrow volley with some luck from Stormcrow Archers. They can die to a number of things, but if you play smart with them and keep them safe, 4-plus defense, 4-plus morale is actually very, very tanky. They have six wounds, yes, but the way you run them, you have Illyria, so you're healing them three, which is half of their wound total, and then you're weakening whatever they're engaged with. I would like to think that a unit of Harakars could tie up a unit of flaidmen without some luck on the Flademan part, granted, they could tie them up for
2: two rounds,
0: three if you're super lucky, uh, and at that point, they're 1,000% worth their five-point price tag because while you've tied up their flayed men with your Harakars, uh, presumably the rest of your army has beat the crap out of their army because they've brought flayed men and they're running eight activations, which is typical tournament competitive meta standard. There's probably not too much more to the list. That list is hinging on that unit of flayed men, particularly the Lannister style of play, where you've got one unit of flayed men, um, a commander and poor fellows, some poor fellows with a champion of faith. Maybe you've got some warrior son with with champion of faith. Very rarely a second flayed men, because at that point they're running three naked poor fellows to get the three NCUs. So generally you're seeing flayed men, poor fellows with champion of faith, commander and poor fellows, and that's 917 points, so they've got 11 points, so it's usually, you know, like Stormcarchers with Brawn and uh, Poor Fellows or something similar to this, something like that. Um, And the Flayedmen are everything in that list. You take the Flayedmen away, you can really do some work on those Poor Fellows, especially with the sheer volume of attacks that you can generate with Targaryens.
2: 100%. Uh, You mentioned that you run Tycho, and I agree that Tycho is better on paper, five wounds versus three. Uh, The trigger is is significantly better. But like you said, too, the the control aspect of him. Um, For example, you can't switch zones where Illyrio can. I always need to heal three wounds somewhere, you know. So it's no big deal for me to take whatever zone and swap it.
0: It, it definitely gives you some incentive to take the Crown Zone and force them to either activate and pass on the horse if they're afraid of field control, or get weakened, which is always nice. Putting a weakened token on them. The shift is eh, it's whatever. I want the weakened token. And <laughs> right. uh, field control. Field control is essentially a counterplot for cards like Assault Orders. We do not Sow, um, Endless horde. They, I mean, they literally dump their arguably their best card. Um, and there are yep. others as well. There, there are other effects. Field control kind of dunks on enemy Illyrio as well. So there's numerous things that field control just kind of takes a big crap on. So uh, you've got Illyrio. That's incentive to take the crown because you really don't care. You're turning the zone into a heel anyway. Now they're almost obligated to take the horse or they just flip the MCU, which is, hey, it's a win. you know? Um, right. Either way it goes.
2: And on the um, their firepower at five points is similar to a lot of six- and seven-point infantry units. So they move mm-hmm. like cavalry, hit like high-priced infantry, and cost five points. And with Lario, if you keep that weakened token on whatever enemy you're engaged with, you probably will win that fight.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I used to use Illyrio. I've been traumatized by Tywin. <laughs> I switched to Tycho. I, I lost three straight games to Tywin. I mean, I opened up with Targaryens. I went on this big winning streak. Uh, of course, I know that I'm not unbeatable, but I was I was really riding that high. And then I hit up Richard from Canada, end line. Very, very nice guy. Excellent Lannister player. He said, I'll play you. I said, well, I've been playing Targaryens. Are you okay with playing Targaryens? He's like, oh, yeah, Clarence, which is Ariakas, another Very well-known TTS player, another Canadian guy, incredibly friendly. Uh, So they're clubmates, so they kind of beat the crap out of each other back and forth. He said, no, I don't mind. Clarence plays Targaryens anyway. It's it's more practice. I went into this game thinking that, like, man, I'm going to be feeling bad. I'm going to go get rid of Tyrion. This game's going to go really bad for him. And then he was like, and the Tywin dunk. Boom. (laughs) I was like, okay, all right, you got me there. I said, we'll rematch. And at the time, I'm thinking, I don't even want to deploy this Drogo list against Tywin NCU because Jorah is such a liability. But I was like, well, you got me there. Uh, maybe you won't get so lucky the next time. We go in, and another dunk. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, so Tywin NCU is a real thing. And then I played Blood Raven, who's Camille, uh, another very, very friendly guy, well-known on TTS, um, excellent answer player. He ran Tywin and Varus and a Jamie list. And then he dunked me. I was like, okay, screw this. I'm adding Tycho to my list because every single time um, I get forced into bad choices, I either go charge their flayed men and I get countercharged to keep the flayed men from charging me and killing me, or I sit back and try to play a patient game. They do Tywin, take four wounds off my unit, and then Knights' Castle Rock slash flayed men come one-shot them. Uh, I did it to you when we played Ruse, Lannisters versus your targ list. I popped yeah. that into Outriders over on the flank. I mean, that, it, that's what happened. There's not much you can do about it if you don't have Tycho. And you're just like, okay, four hits. And that's three wounds. I'm still vulnerable. And here comes the Flayed Men. Sweet. I'm also panicked. Okay, my unit died. Awesome. Now I'm down in activation, and that's big. When you need those activations to pressure on the field.
2: Yep. Um, so, in your opinion, then you meant you you use Tycho to counter it. What else as a Targaryen player can you use to Tycho Tywin? Say you're running uh, dragons and you don't want your dragon to uh, fall to Tywin, uh et cetera.
0: <laughs> the problem is now. Now I'm of a very strong opinion here. I personally don't run dragons. Um, I don't think... I I know that Mother of Dragons is good. I know that she's oppressive. I'm likely facing Mother of Dragons in round two of the Canadian tournament. Lucky me. I know how good MOD is. But I don't love dragons as much as everybody else seems to love dragons. Um, But if you're running dragons and you don't want to run Tycho, I'm of the strong opinion that you don't run dragons without Tycho. But... The next best thing that you can do is uh, hope that you get Selmy down. Put Selmy on your dragon so that they can't be targeted by Tywin. I mean, they can, but they'll lose the entire effect. Um, but they'll just use their tempo turn where they're going first. They'll pop Tywin, give your dragon four hits. Um, if they've got Warcry, they're going to spend the vulnerable on the four hits, put the vulnerable right back on you. And then, yeah, you're probably dead from a flag Bend Charge. You're, you would have to get really lucky. Um, this is taking a little bit longer than I thought, but I'm fine with it because we, we, we kind of skipped a very, very key element of Targaryen control, and now I want to backtrack. And that is a card that seems to be kind of hit and miss, um, but if you place stakes, palisades, things like this, it's a phenomenal card. Unstoppable advance. So you can place stakes to do something about that follow-up charge, right? You can you can sit your unit that you think they're targeting behind a unit of stakes, and it's like, well, you're going to one-shot me, sure, but you're going to come over the stakes, and then when you move again, you're going to take the stakes again. So I'm pretty okay with that trade. And then on the Targaryen side, you don't really mind the stakes, assuming you get the card and card draw, which is fair. You don't always have the card you want, but with Drogo, I cycle lead by example in Adrivott for cards basically what i use them for so my chances of getting the cards that i want are greatly increased when i get unstoppable advance i place two stakes generally when i run drogo it's two stakes i'm cheesy or whatever i place the two stakes and then i use unstoppable advance And it's like oh you can't charge me we're playing chicken uh i'm just gonna run over these stakes anyway and uh i don't care but you care so now i got the alpha charge on you so that's a very big piece of control, because you can put that dangerous terrain down. It messes with your opponent pretty badly, but you kind of don't have to care about it. That that's is 100% Jura,
2: true. That's
0: another thing little, little Jorah can do, besides scouting, besides, <laughs> besides doing his little drive-by attack, running by and getting his four shivs in. Um, he is also a great battery for clearing out those stakes for the rest of your army. It's just like boop, 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 boop. He just drives 18 inches and takes stakes out with him, busts up the palisade, exposes enemy archers, and they're like, All right, that just happens. That's definitely not cool. And, and then he's like, I die for the cause, and he knows he's going to die, and then he's giving Drogo an extra attack dice and the extra minus one um, for failing panic, so <laughs> I love little Dora. He's prone to getting so, crown zapped,
2: but God, I love that guy. So on that card, I do the exact same thing. I'll place two stakes. Um, usually, if there's three objectives or whatever, if I can, I will play, if the rules allow, I will place the stakes on the objective. If you want the objective, you're going to get punished for it, and then you're going to get shot by the outriders. Um, so I do that as well. Um, and also, pe- like you said, people you're on one side, they're on the other. Who's going to charge? Well, I am because I don't care about the stakes. But the other day I was playing uh, Fire and Blood and I I hate to be that guy, but I simply can't remember the name of the gentleman I was playing. Real good guy though. I felt kind of bad because I put two stakes in the middle of the board and what ended up happening was I had all Calvary. He did not have any And he's looking at the the state of the table like, okay, if I let you get aggressive, if I let you do what you want to do, you're just going to tag team me and run me over. So I'm going to come after you first. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to go over these stakes, and I'm going to kill you before you can do your Targaryen shenanigans. Well, what ended up happening over the next three rounds is this poor guy took, as he came over the stakes with one unit, he took max four wounds. And then he charged Drogo again with the other unit, also had to go over the same stakes, max four wounds. Over the next two turns, his two units took 11 wounds between the two of them, which was the difference between my victory and his defeat. Uh, Because at the end of it, I believe Drogo had one wound left, he had none. So just, just little things like that, you don't fear stakes because of that card you can reliably um, ignore them and the opponent can't and that's he- another huge form of control
0: yep absolutely so we've established that drogo is very good he adds the other element of control with threatening expert duelist of course commanders are incredibly important in this Uh, meta in this state of the game currently with the plus one victory point we need to see exactly what the developers are doing with the um with the missions they weren't super clear so we kind of got a little bit of a tease and a little bit of an idea but they didn't specify which missions are changing so it's yet to be seen just how important the commander is outside of being generally a very good attachment Um, But even without considering the commander, you have some really nasty attachments that Drogo will just love to get rid of for you. Um, Watch captains, um, unsullied officers, um, champions of the faith giving war cry, Uh, Asha, really enabling a unit of trappers to be a five-point tank, Um, Harma, uh, offering sentinel, Uh, Tormund, offering... Stalwart, and Warcry. Um, let's just keep it going. The Starks, the Mormont veterans, they they hinge on that Mor- Mormont veteran and those Berserkers. Uh, Starks are like an attrition army now. Kind of weird, but it's kind of cool. That's a whole nother topic when we deep dive into Starks, I guess. But uh, uh, that's the, the big bad for the Starks. Uh, Baratheons, I don't really know that they run a whole lot of attachments outside of their commander, to be honest. Um, not that I've really seen. Uh, you'll occasionally see Davos, who's bringing supply aid. I think that's a pretty cool tech build when you're running Melisandre. Um, Targaryens, I already mentioned. The Unsullied officer is generally the big one that you see. Um, Braun and various units of Stormcrow archers. Uh, Jon Snow is a very good one to get rid of. offal getting rid of him and the conscripts so that they lose their Hardened and they're easy to kill. Um, and then I already mentioned Greyjoys. Uh, getting rid of Victarion to lose Relentless there is huge, as well as Asha. They run Newt with Victarion Commander. Um, and you'll occasionally see like a Warsworn which gives them Fueled by Slaughter is a very, very, very good ability. Um, but at any rate, drogo threatens all of them because he's called drogo he can be wherever he wants to be (laughs) he's 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 a cavalry dude with expert duelist. but i think we've i think we've lingered on drogo for long enough if you want let's go into what we're thinking for our list too um you and i differ a little bit there because i'm really hard on gray worm uh i'll let you go first and uh then I'll explain just why I love Grey Worms so much.
2: Well, that's the thing. is I'm not sure yet. I'm really up in the air. At Nationals, I ran a Grey Worm list as my second list, but all it did was sit there and collect dust. It was never really even in consideration. So, for a second list, I would need something that, as Drogo cannot do, Drogo cannot hold objectives, um, at least not well at all, is I want a list that can... Hold objectives and win Game of Thrones for me without me having to table my opponent. Um, you mentioned Grey Worm, and I keep looking for excuses to not run Grey Worm. I don't know why. Um, I think it's just because I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of them and I want to explore the the other uh, options that are out there. Something new. Everyone, you know, everyone either expects to see mod Grey Worm or Drogo, at least in my opinion. And maybe I'm incorrect, but either way, um, so I just. I like to do things outside the box. And so I've looked at Selmy but uh everything he does, Grey Worm can do better. Um, so that's kinda out so that leaves Grey Worm I, I like Queen of Marine because of the the different control things she can do. But again, it doesn't feed on the Targaryen strengths. Um, so I, I keep looking at her and then I put her to the side and I look at her again, and like, eh, I don't
1: know. Um,
2: something I am looking at, and this is gonna be really weird, especially if you go on stats, you see there's only two or three games reported with this commander. But Vargo. Um, he doesn't really feed on the strengths of the Targaryens. Um his his free attack card that lets you get a big attack being around. That that one does. But other than that, the rest of his cards are kind of, eh. But what I'm looking at is his attachment. So he hands out weakened tokens at long range. And then you can expend the weakened token to kill an attachment, just like Drogo can. So that would give me two lists and kill attachments. But the weakened tokens. So Targaryens have the exception of a couple units, um, like the pikemen. The Targaryens have bad saves. You know, all the Dothraki are 5-up. They have great morale, but bad armor. So you're not going to make a lot of saves, especially if there's a vulnerable token on you. Um, If you have a weakened and a vulnerable token on you, and you can only take one off, you have to take the weakened token off, because you're an aggressive army, you're trying to hit hard. So what the weakened tokens on your opponent do is you're not going to save a lot of hits, so you just limit the number of hits coming in, and you save that way. So he hands out weakened tokens. And then I'm looking at Rhaegal on the list. Well, so I don't like running dragons either. Uh, We mentioned dragons. I don't run mod. I honestly haven't played a single game with her. But Rhaegal is the only dragon I'll look at. I know a lot of people like Drogon because, well, the dragon has Vicious. Dragon's probably in the flank. The Panic Token guarantees that they're failing the Panic Test, which is more wounds, which is great. But for me, the only reason I look at Rhaegal is because... Well, A is Dragon Hit hard but B, Weaken. I want to get as many Weaken tokens out in every game I possibly can when I'm running Targaryens. Illyrio, same reason. That's another reason I take him over Tycho. Weaken tokens everywhere. It's another form of control, another form of defense. So if I can flood the field with Weaken tokens using Vargo and Rhaegal, I can then use the natural firepower in the units, in, in the Targaryen units to get the offensive capabilities that I need. So although his cards aren't great, they're not horrible either, and I can use the units themselves to pick up that slack because the weakened tokens, well, keep them alive much longer and allow me to do that, especially when you had Daenerys in there for rerolls. So I'm kind of messing around with that. But I don't know. I'm probably just going to end up doing what you do, and not because you're doing it, but because it makes sense. Settle on uh, a version of Grey Worm, and I'll let you go into Grey Worm.
0: Yeah. Um, As far as Grey Worm goes, um, yeah, what's what's not to love about the old Grey Worm? Um, so the list that I'm running with him currently, it's, it's been through a couple of variations. Um, and I've, I've, I don't know that I've settled on it because I changed it at the absolute last minute for the Canadian open. I took out the veterans, which I had been running and I put in the flade men. So the list is gray worm and a unit of Blackguard. Um, uh, more on that later. Uh, Unsullied Pikeman with the Unsullied Officer, Slademan, Freedman, and then I have the points to bring Illyrio, who is enabling the Pikeman, Danny Khaleesi, who is enabling the Pikeman, and or Grey Worm, more on that in just a second, and then Barristan Selmy, because as I mentioned, uh, I I think, and I'm not 100% sure, I, I think they take you to jail if you run two Targaryen lists and neither one of them have Barry in I could be wrong, but I think I think you get arrested for it because it's criminal. It, it, I, I they run do, him in both. Should. He's, I run him in both. He's just that good, especially in this current meta. He's just that good. Um, I'm picking on Greyjoys a little bit because they've given me the Snickle fits. Um, being able to pick a unit and you get to die this turn and I dare you to play what is dead may never die because I'm going to pull Barry and cancel it. Thank you for wasting your card. Um, It's just fantastic to be able to stop those shenanigans. And if you're not super worried about what is dead may never die, hey, their basic deck has like five healing cards. So you've got a lot of choices for what Selmy can cancel. Now, with that being said, um, I'm being a little facetious. We Do Not So is one that's extra annoying because it's a free attack and it heals. Kind of crazy. I don't think Selmy can cancel that because they're not being targeted by the card or their ability. They're being targeted by a tactic zone that's been replaced. So Barry gets to be sad on that one. He can't stop We Do Not So. He can stop a handful of other ones, though. But, (laughs) Anyways, that said, um, that's the list for Grey Worm. Now, to explain some of the synergies, obviously the army is hinging around a strong defensive center with the unit of pikemen. The pikemen are very, very good, very defensive. They've got the 4-plus, 4-plus that we alluded to with the Harakars. That's how I know a 4-plus, 4-plus is pretty good. They don't fail a lot of panic tests. Even the big, nasty, slayed men only knock them to a 7-plus. It's a 50-50. You'll roll it. It's fine. Um, you'll fail some of them, but I've got Illyrio to keep them charged. Um, and then Shield Wall is such a good order. Now, we start to get into Grey Worm, and I'm sure that a lot of people are wondering, why the hell are you running Grey Worm in Blackguard and not running him in Unfilvy Pikemen or in Bastard Girls or something that's really going to benefit from Boldness and Courage? And to that, I reply, the Blaggard do, because the other synergies within the army work really well with him and Blaggard. And how that works is, I've got Danny Khaleesi. She doesn't have to go on the Pikemen. She just enables the Pikemen to be really nasty. If I put Khaleesi on Grey Worm, that 4-plus to hit with 7 dice is now looking pretty good. I also have, defensively, Horrific Visage, and I have... Um, Counterattack, counterstrike. So if, I, if you've decided to go all in on Grey Worm, which I don't know why you would, but whatever reason, you just hate Grey Worm you want to get rid of him. Now you're engaged with me. I have rerolls. I can do damage to you. Every time you attack me, you're taking Horrific Visage. For every miss, you're taking a hit. If I shift Illyrio's focus onto Grey Worm, I'm healing him and I'm weakening you. Now you're taking even more counterstrikes, and you're still taking a Horrific Visage. Every time. But simultaneously, you can't just ignore the damage output because seven dice on a four-plus to hit with re-rolls isn't really something to sneeze at. Uh, they also have Vicious, so it's going to sneak some wounds in and then it's going to get some panic test fails. The next piece in the list comes into play here, and that's the Freedmen. If I get the Freedmen engaged with you and Grey Worms engaged with you, now those blackguards have eight dice, hitting on three-plus, re-rolls from Khaleesi, Vicious, And then I have all of my defensive abilities. Are you going to attack the Freedmen and leave Grey Worm alone? That's fine. I like it. Now I can shift Illyrio back over to the pikemen. Are you going to attack Grey Worm and let the Freedmen continue to enable him? That's also fine. I'm fine with that because I'll still have my gang up. So that's the the Freedmen. The Freedmen are also just like a little cheap activation. I really like them. They're kind of funny. They can come in. If you're already engaged, they can come in and and get some shivs in. They've got, what, like seven dice on a four-plus? It's seven or six. I think it's seven. They start on a five-plus, and then it goes to a seven because of their own gang up. I'll look it up, just so I'm not lying to anybody. Add unit, Friedman. Yes, it'll be seven dice on a four-plus if you get them into a unit that's already engaged. That's not bad for a three-point unit. They also have um, untrained masses, so they don't give up victory points when they die. So, more on some of this stuff as we go. You start with Grey Worm, you have Issue Commands. This is an incredibly flexible card, especially in the build that I'm running, because you have tons of options, and you can switch your strategy and what you want to do with Issue Commands based on the state of the board, based on what your opponent's doing, based on what you've created. You can either start a a friendly turn, you can remove an order from a unit. They may use that order again sweet, my pikemen have like 110 billion orders. They have set for charge. They have shield wall. They have relentless. Any of the three situationally would be fantastic to reset. Uh, Generally, you do relentless to get the extra attack slash activation, but there's definitely merit to resetting shield wall and really making sure that you take the wind out of the sails of their attacks. If you kill your opponent with set for charge, there could be merit to resetting set for charge. And we'll get more into just how you can fairly easily kill your opponent when they charge you with set for charge. Um, So that's issue commands. Alternatively, depending on what's going on, if Grey Worm's happy sitting on the outside objective and honed and ready, which is another reason why I have the Grey Worm list, they'll they'll take the arrows. They don't care. Come on, rain it on us make it rain baby we're fine um so gray worm's an objective holder if he's if he is doing that for the army that's fine because then i can just enable another attack for somebody if i want to that's another way to use it my flade men my unsullied pikemen and they're happy to attack again it's better to reset the unsullied pikemen's order in that instance i guess so it's more or less the flayed men that are going to get the most benefit from getting the free charge, getting another attack out of issue commands, but regardless, it's there, it's flexible, you can use it. Fantastic card, one of the reasons I love him. Next card: lash out it's It's damage when they attack you. It's good. It's always good. Uh, if the defender's Grey Worms unit, the attacker also becomes vulnerable. That's nice too. Um, just a little free vulnerable token. As we mentioned, you don't really want to sneeze on the Blackguard if they've got Khaleesi on them. If you put a vulnerable token from Lash out, then hey, you know, it's even better. Um, I really like this card. I try to save it for kind of a last hurrah from the Pikemen. Generally throughout the game, they'll do one attack. a shield wall order done, and then they'll attack them again, and they'll start to wear their numbers down. That's when you play Lash Out. Um, Battle Endurance. This card is what, for me, kind of makes the army. This card is so good. Starting in round three, the unit re-rolls and he misses. Hey! I have two of these cards, and I have one Khaleesi. I have three combat units in my list that are actually attacking. So by my calculation, if I get my Battle Endurance is out. Every single one of my units that I care about is getting rerolls. That's amazing, especially in this state of the game with the bogs and the corpse piles uh, denying rerolls and the low walls and uh, so many units having um, disrupt and things like this. Rerolls are fantastic. Um, now, as a side note, this card's actually really funny to play on Friedman. If the game state has changed and you don't have anything better to use it on, they'll they'll come get them some with this card. Um, after starting in round four, the unit gains thundering, so you've got pikemen with pikemen, blackguard or Flayedmen with rerolls and thundering. Super awesome. Round five, they get critical blow, just really adding to the damage because it stacks with the rerolls that you already get. And the sundering that you're getting, and it doesn't conflict with any of my units because they don't innately have sundering. Uh, if you manage to make it to round six, they'll get plus two attack dice. Um, it's pretty rare. Uh, equally funny, <laughs> you know. Nine dice, Men, Nine dice, unsully pikemen. Nine dice, blackguard. Yeah, it's great. Um, this card's phenomenal. I used to run it with vest because this card works on ranged as well. Um, The Baratheon version does not. Was it an oversight? I don't really know. I'm not inside the developer's mind. Um, So I don't know. But for now, this works on ranged. So, um, yeah, that's why I was running veterans in this list, because it was hilarious uh, not having to have little Jorah and giving my veterans rerolls and thundering with their shots. Finally, on to the last card, Retribution of the Dragon. This one's decent. Um, The freedmen are pretty easy to kill. In a circumstance, you can let them die. Um, You can't kill your own freedmen by stranding them and then play this card. So they have to actually die from an enemy attack. It's very good that they had the foresight to see that people would like, oh, my freedmen exploded. What a shame. They were six and a half inches away from a unit, and now one of your units is worth an extra BP. (laughs) So, um, it can be nice, it can be game winning if you've basically got the game under control you're at 8 points, you're not sure you can last another round but you know you can kill a unit let your freedmen die and then put the extra VP on that unit and go kill them but back to the set for charge if you've got battle endurance and it's like round 4 maybe round 5 and you play set for charge they charge into you, flank or front. You face them. You've got seven dice, rerolls, crits, thunder. That's going to hurt. If they live through it and they manage to pop a rank, say you're at nine guys and they knock you down to four, they get two wounds from go-down fighting. And then if you have lash out, that makes it six wounds, plus whatever you did with set for charge. Very, very possible to kill them on their activation and then you drink their tears, and and good things happen. If you manage to kill them with the attack on set for charge, you would be able to surge forth, in which case you could bring your pikemen closer to them and charge something that you may not have been able to charge before. And that's how you get punished for playing the game. It's really unfortunate, but sometimes it happens. So that's it. I'm done rambling about Grey Worm.
2: So I agree with every point you made. That's why, although I'm looking for other other commanders just for fun, I keep going back to Grey Worm because he's he's hard not to love. Um, battle endurance, in my opinion, is one of the best cards in the game. Uh, it can also kind of suck in that you can draw it too early, uh, round one, whatever. Especially if you draw two of them, you're kind you get you have to play them. But the question is. Which unit do I play it on? Uh, In your list, it's pretty obvious. But some lists, you know, play it on this unit. Well, that unit's dead by round three, or or whatever. Um, Other downside to it is, depending on the game mode and the game events, um, and and maybe this is all in my own head, I get super excited about Battle of Darkness. Like, okay, this unit I play it on is going to be awesome. It's going to have all these extra abilities. And one player or the other gets a 10 VP... You know, end around three, or you know something similar to where the game's over so quick you never get to use it. Uh, but other than that, the card he re- the card he replaces out of the Targaryen deck, uh, he replaces it with a very similar card, so he don't really lose anything. Where with Drogo, you lose Swift Retreat, which sucks. Um, there's a couple commanders that take away Overrun, which is a big deal. Um, but swapping the two cards that you do when you run Grey Worm, it's it's they're they're like I said they're similar cards with similar effects, so it doesn't really doesn't really affect your deck too much. And well, that that was one reason I mentioned Vargo or any other neutral commander is that you get the full power of the base Targaryen deck. You're not losing a card. Um, although having four commander cards and swapping one out is really cool and I wish every faction did that but I digress so I can't really disagree with anything you say about gray worm he's fantastic he's my probably my favorite infantry commander in the game hands down uh, you mentioned pikes they are in my opinion pound for pound the best infantry unit in the game uh, point for point I should say so it's really hard to argue with that. And really, your only fear um, is going to be running into Fargo, Drogo, or Taiwan NCU. Other than that, you're going to be incredibly difficult to deal with.
1: <coughs>
2: with all the well, facts, all the attacks you're going to get. Hey, go ahead. I was actually, I was actually thinking...
0: Uh, the other debate that I was doing instead of the Slade Men, I was thinking of dipping into your uh, style of play, actually. I was debating not taking the Slade Men, but taking the unit of Outriders, because as I mentioned, Battle Endurance works on Outriders, and they're just an all-around good unit. I was then going to upgrade my Freedmen to Herakars. That's a little bit more wounds on the field and more offense. So the alternative to even that is if you dare... You can take my list and downgrade the Slade Men to Outriders. You can then downgrade Selmy to Tycho, which is probably an acceptable trade-off, I guess. And then you can take those Freedmen out with those three points that you've gained, and you could turn it into another Outrider or a unit of Screamers. Or you could even do Stormcrow Archers, I guess, if you wanted to. I'd probably rather have outriders than stormcrow archers, though. Um, but you could do it, and that could be a pretty nasty list as well. Uh, my list is kind of fragile in a way. I mean, I've got three plus three plus four plus with shield wall, and then the freedmen who basically just kind of hide. Um, you could you could bolster up the wounds on the table by doing that.
2: What I just mentioned. So that's, that's actually kind of how I run my gray worm list. I will right now, but I'm probably going to steal your idea. I've got Double Pikemen, uh, Grey Worm in one, Belwass in the other, Parakars, Outriders, Screamers, uh, and I think it was DNA and Hilario. Um, something like that. So I've got this, the Targaryen speed. I've got the firepower, but I still have the de- defensiveness of the pikes. Um, however, I think you're right in that Grey Worm into Blackguard is so much more efficient, um, especially in scenarios like Game of Thrones, where you need to get on and hold the objective. Pikemen are really good at that. Blackguard are better and less investment. So save a point there, find another point somewhere else, and then and then I can swap Bellwass for, like you said, a uh, an officer. And an officer, as you've already touched on, with Grey Worms cards is deadly. So that's that's Uh, how I do it, but I think I'm going to steal some of your ideas. Which is what we're here for. We're here to swap ideas and give everyone else ideas and give each other ideas and eventually we'll find the perfect list.
1: Maybe.
0: Well... I mean, I honestly should probably get back to, like, my day job. So um, I think this isn't it. we pretty well... Nah, nah. It's fun, but it's not the day job. Um, I think we pretty well covered the elements that I wanted to cover. Um, I think we pretty well explained why we're having success with two NCUs with Call Drogo. Uh, we debate Flayed Men versus Blood Riders. We'll let our listeners try out, you know whatever they do and i think i don't know if it's totally split i think unfortunately craig most of the community sides with me and thinks think the blood riders are better but, um, but <laughs> well i mean you know i amazing. i see mer- i see merit to the way you run it so um we uh we covered some of the control elements we covered um kind of some play styles and then some backup lists we didn't really talk about dragons um, I guess we could go on and on about them. They're good. They're a little frail. I think dragons would struggle pretty hard. MOD and other dragon-type lists would struggle pretty hard into Greyjoys, um, unless they were able to you know, put Selmy down and, and remove the What is Dead May Never Die or block that play. Um, the Reavers are pretty deadly to dragons, and they're really cheap. Um, the Bowmen, and it's just the activation count of the Greyjoys. And the fact that they have Windermere to heal. And they have Tycho and all of these cards. So essentially you're at some point sending your dragon into a five-point unit um, and exposing them to, you know, their, potentially their flanked archers, their flanked other units, them to the unit that they charged. That unit can heal back up enough to be fine, and then beat the crap out of your dragon. And then the archers can shoot into the flank, and six shots with four-plus on rerolls into the flank of dragon is going to be a lot of damage. So they struggle against Greyjoys, I think. Uh, final strike from Baratheons. Uh, if they fail their panic badly and take nine wounds, uh, you could get nine hits back. If they own the crown It's Sundering, your dice would be rolling a little bit badly, like the plus or minus one, I think, because the average would be you take six wounds, so it'd be plus or minus two. So you, it's entirely possible. It would be considered a bad roll, but it could just one-shot your dragon, and there's not a lot you can do about that. Um, so with that said, I just, I, I like dragons. I hate playing against them. They wreck me, but they're, they're just a little bit too frail for, for my taste. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, uh, Yeah, to me, I don't run mod for all the reasons you listed and because it's not a feel-good. Um, you either um, dominate and it's no fun for your opponent, or like you said, you get one shot by everything and then it's no fun for you. Um, mm-hmm. But I I view individual dragons as support pieces. Uh, for example, like I already mentioned, Rhaegal for the weekend tokens. Um, it's a good finisher, uh-huh. it hits hard, it fits anywhere, and it hands out tokens. <laughs> but uh-huh. same time, um, for three points less, I can get Harakars, who don't hand out tokens, but they can do an equal amount of damage, or sometimes more, um, depending on good dice, bad dice, whatever. They can do an equal amount of damage, it's just not auto. And they're three points cheaper, and they only have two wounds less. So, I, I don't know. I, I I'll occasionally use one as a support piece, but not competitively usually. And it's certainly not the fulcrum of my list. So eight points for a support piece is probably not worth it. Right. So that's where I'm at on them. Okay.
0: Well, I think I think we can wrap it up. And and I don't
2: I don't disagree.
0: With, with what you're saying um, different strokes for different folks as they say um, I, I prefer my, my Drogo and Grey Worm so I don't even really mess around with dragons I debated a dragon with Grey Worm but it breaks my rule of must have Tycho for the dragon it messed with too many synergies uh, because I can't drop Danny Khaleesi out or I wouldn't be able to legally take the dragon and, uh, I like Mopatis because of the pikemen mostly. So, um, I like that synergy of what Illyrio can do versus the one time burst heal from Tycho. Could the dragon bust the game open? Probably. I may try it at some point and come back and revisit this, but for now I, I just went with slade Man instead to add some defense. So, but I think we can wrap it up. Um, so there's a little bit of Targaryen content for you guys. Um, real nice long lengthy lengthy discussion between craig and i so it was a lot of fun it was really good to hear more of your thoughts um and more of your theory with uh list building and how you play um i know you've been making some noise on uh tts you've finally kind of taken the plunge into the discord looking for game type stuff and uh I last I checked your Elo had gone up to 1697, which is pretty good. Um so I hope that you I hope that you keep doing what you do and 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 climb up to the rankings. Uh I thank myself and Bolton Skincare for now cracked top 10 internationally. At one point uh Bolton uh Chris Tran of course, Sunday Slaughter, Chris Tran, super nice guy. Was number one. He was number one for a long time, and I mean, he was just he was just giving people the business with Joyce, myself included. Um, so uh, it would be nice to, to to get you up in there too, uh, up in the conversation.
2: Yeah, I'm more of an in-person player. I'm more or less just doing TTS so I can practice for upcoming events like LVO.
0: Yeah, um, and it's, it's a good it's a good practice tool.
2: Yeah, and that's pretty much why I'm using it, Um, getting games put in stats. So, locally, I play a lot of games, but they don't get put on stats. Uh, Most tournaments I've been to and done well at, the games didn't go up on stats. So, it's not that I'm not around. It's just my games never got reported. So, a plus to practicing on TTS is now my games are getting recorded. (laughs) Yep. So.
0: All right, well, I guess we can close it out. I've got to send Dave a message to let him know to formally close the show out. Um, Did you want to do any shout-outs?
2: Probably not, other than to, you know, Simon for all the work they do for the game and uh, the guys who are organizing LVO. It looks like it's shaping up to be an awesome tournament. And, you know, just anyone willing to play me on uh, TTS. I appreciate that as well always good to get games in yep and uh Uh from me
0: i uh you know as always i just want to shout out all of our content creators in the community uh you guys doing all of this work um some have a patreon where they you know collect a little bit of money but that patreon money always goes into better equipment to do better with the content you know to make to buy Buying headsets, buying editing software, buying better cameras, uh, any of the above, uh, running their websites. None of these things are free. So um, the guys that don't have a Patreon, guys and girls, uh, are doing that for free and it's actually costing them money. So once again, um, not just us, but anytime you get the chance to support a content creator, even if it's a share out of their page, uh, a name dropped to your club, like "Hey, check out this podcast." Hey, check out these videos. You're actually helping them a lot because um, not only is it a feel good for us to see our numbers grow, to see our interaction go- grow and our reach grow, but for some of the some of them that have you know YouTube channels and uh, Twitch channels, I think they can start to get some of that money back when they start to get a lot of views. So, um, but at the very least. Uh, I'm not telling you to be a bootlicker, but um, definitely I appreciate the other content creators in this community. Uh, I always try to pay attention to their stuff, watch their videos, and uh, like and share where I can. Um, maybe just every once in a while, a thank you to those guys. Um, and I know that most everybody does it. I get a lot of thanks and praise from the community for small council and we really appreciate you guys' support. So uh, just share that with the other content creators as well, because they're out here doing the same thing and uh, everybody loves some affirmations. So um, do it where you can. But from us, uh, unless you have any other final thoughts, Craig, I guess we can wrap up.
2: Nope. Okie doke.
0: So as our good friend Dave says, oh, keep Dave in your thoughts. Uh, Dave has, uh, he's struggling with uh, some sickness, actually. He, he was in the hospital earlier. I think he's okay, but he wasn't able to join us today uh, because he's not feeling well. So keep him in your thoughts. Uh, but as Dave says, this is the small council, and it is dismissed.